When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to Consequence Uncut, a series that gives listeners and readers a deeper dive into our features on Consequence. For this episode, we're talking to K-pop star Alexa for this week's fan chant column. Jingle Ball, it's it's not a K-pop concert, you know, it's the general audience who happen to have K-pop fans as well because I didn't know if the audience was going to be receptive to me because it's like, I know we're all here to see Nicki Minaj. I sadly am not Nicki Minaj. Like, ah. So Mary, welcome back. And with, uh, is this our first fan chant consequence uncut? This is our first fan chant consequence uncut. And I'm so excited it was Alexa who, as you've heard, is just a beam of light. Yeah. She was so much fun. Wow. And, like, I was not as well-versed in Alexa when I first heard the interview, but, like, I'm, like, really, really impressed by this person. She's living in Korea. She's on American Song Contest. She has K-pop training and is about to take over the world, clearly. Yes. Yeah. She's such a unique artist, and I'm so excited for more and more people to learn about her. And in the first... American Song Contest, which for anyone who didn't watch it or wasn't familiar, was kind of designed to mirror Eurovision on a state basis. She competed on behalf of her home state of Oklahoma and built this incredible fan base. It was kind of the perfect confluence of events with K-pop being such a moment right now and more and more people falling in love with it outside of Korea and her incredible training and it just propelled her to the right place at the right time thanks to all her hard work and that perfect timing so it's very cool to see it's a very unique story I really love this story especially because American Song Contest was you know as we know is like you know modeled after Eurovision the the model of it it has this potential to really create stars to create like long careers when you think about like ABBA was a big was you know was launched on Eurovision you know, like we could be finding one of the next great things. And Alexa seems to really be one of those success stories. So it's really cool to see what happens on the other side of it. You know, she's at Jingle Ball now, you know, she's recording stuff in Korea. I got tingles listening to the interview. Exactly. I completely agree. Another thing I think that is just so fun about something else I think that is just so fun about her story is it reminds us how people all across the country are more interested in international music than people might think. You hear Oklahoma Mm -hmm. and you don't exactly think there will be a large community of people interested in Mm K-pop. Or I live in Tennessee and people sometimes say, 
oh, okay, well, there's curious people everywhere. Yeah. Especially in the in the age we live in, uh, more and more people, there's kind of that global connection that's so possible. And so it's just, it's a really cool reminder that there's just so much diversity and diversity of thought and creativity across our country in so many different ways. I agree. Like, everyone listens to pop music. Like, it's it's popular for a reason. And, you know, it's the funniest thing. When I was in Nashville... Obviously, like you can go to some of these bars and there's like country on the first floor, country on the second floor. But when you find that secret room up top, you hear (laughs) (laughs) you you are no longer listening to country in Nashville. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. And there's, you know, the rock block and there's great pop acts coming up and music city for a reason. Exactly. So I'm super jealous because... Apparently, I mean, spoiler alert, you know, you got some free tickets out of this interview. (laughs) (laughs) She did. She was very enthusiastic about me coming out to one of her shows soon enough. And um, it was so I mean, we just had a great time chatting. She's incredibly easy to talk to and was really excited about this, this song that she just put out called Sick that is now officially out in the world. And so it was it was a great opportunity to connect. I was super happy that she wanted to come on the column and I, it was fun because I've never had or it's rare that I have a native English speaker mm-hmm. um, in the column since it's specifically dedicated to folks coming out of South Korea. Um, so it it's just a different level of conversation that's possible between people and um, especially for podcast format totally works. I know, but with the rise of K-pop, I feel like this is something that's going to be happening more and more. And I'm glad you have this interview. I needed a new bop for the new year. And clearly I have it now. (laughs) Yes. Love to see it. So please go check out the full interview with Alexa on Fanchant, my column, on consequence.net, of course. Uh, And listen to the whole episode here. Yeah. And please remember to subscribe to the podcast to stay up to date with these in-depth interviews. So now I'll turn it over to Mary and Alexa for this interview. Please enjoy. Just super excited to talk to you about the song. I feel like we have so much to talk about. We have a tour, yeah. we have a song, we have Jingle Ball. Like we have so much yeah. to chat about. But all I of it. To start with um with sick because it's yeah. super, super fun. Um, and I was listening to it again today. And what kind of struck me about that song is that it's not, it's not like a diss track, it's not a love song. It's mm-hmm. it mostly about kind of this idea of self-image and self-confidence. And so I wanted to, yes, yeah, we're on the same wavelength here. I wanted she to kind of like if that was where you intended, like when you set out with that song, if that mm-hmm. was an idea that was kind of percolating or if that was something you discovered along the way, just kind of talk me through how mm. you did it there. Yeah, I mean, when we first received the song, upon choice, listen, you know, the the message that I interpreted was, you know, I guess the original song writer you know, was probably <laughs> speaking on the fact that, you know, something is just like, oh, you know, if you if you love someone or like are maybe in a relationship with someone, but you're like, oh, they're so out of my league. They're so much better than me. They're so perfect. Oh, it makes me sick. Ugh. You know, that kind of mindset. It it exists in relationships, especially I feel like with younger and more impressionable people. Definitely. But on the flip side, I feel like once you mature, you can interpret those lyrics differently where it's like, oh, so the person I'm with or the person that I like, maybe they're not all that it seems to be because they think they're, you know, they think they're hot shit. But in reality, they're really not. You know, they're so full of themselves. It's like, ew, gross. Eh, that made that. That makes me sick. 
So like, you know, that's how I interpret the song personally, but it's all good for interpretation. Love it. Yeah. But so (laughs) you've been, you've been in the public eye for a while now and you've been performing for even longer than this, but we're coming up on two years. Is it two years since American Song Contest? Oh my God, when was American Song Contest? 2022. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two years. Time isn't isn't real anymore, but it's it's um, it's an illusion. (laughs) It's yeah, it's fake. But I was wondering how you feel with a little bit of distance from that because it's it wasn't necessarily your introduction to performance by any means, but it was kind of a different kind of breakthrough in your story. So, Mm -hmm. um, with a little bit of time from that, I was just wondering how that's felt for you. I mean, it's it's been a crazy journey because yeah, at this point, it's been over a year almost you know two at this point yeah yeah actually coming up in february that's when we started working on stuff so that's crazy um yeah so basically two years since american song contest it's it's interesting because i had spoken on this uh briefly with somebody else earlier but you know nowadays you know if i go to different performance venues or if i have like any like fan engagement events half of them will be like oh you know i know you from your k-pop debut but then I'll have some fresher faces that are like, oh, I saw you on TV for American Song Contest and that's how mm-hmm. I found you. So it's really interesting to see how my, <laughs> sorry, my uh, fan demographic has, I guess, uh, broadened since the introduction of American Song Contest because, you know, that show itself was just for the American general public, not exactly like K-pop fans. Right. But people found me through that show, through the English song that I released. So I guess it's just interesting to see that I have a bit of an appeal to the American GP along with, you know, K-pop fans. So. Right. Yeah, definitely. I definitely agree with that. Um, And so I kind of with that, how did it feel for you to bring so much of what you've learned from the K-pop world and Mm -hmm. translate that to American audiences and how you continue to kind of bridge that gap? Like, is that something you're necessarily conscious of when you're making your decisions about your releases or is that just an organic part of your your process at this point um i mean in regards to american song contest since it was based off of eurovision and you know yeah the song was great but like if the performance if the stage wasn't great then it doesn't really freaking matter not does it so like you know with the background in k-pop and performance we were able to you know bring forth a bomb ass performance in my humble opinion and, you know, it was really cool because, you know, I'm so used to, you know, like if I do a TV show here in Korea, there's like seven different cameras and there's angles they get and everything. And you have like one chance to get it right. But then this show, it's like they were also like seven or eight different cameras. But like I was one of the only people that was like experienced in learning how to look at cameras when they light up. Oh, because yeah. I remember some of the other contestants came to me afterwards. They're like, how do you hit the camera so fast? And I'm like. Practice. My job, yeah. <laughs> practice. But um, I mean, not just the camera stuff, but also performing. It's like I know how to perform to an audience in front of cameras because sometimes, depending on who you know, the producer of the show is, they prefer you to look at the camera only the whole time. But with this one, I had a bit of freedom to you know actually look at the audience, interact with them while I was being taped. So I'm really grateful that I have my beginnings and my background in K-pop because that overall teaches you how to perform well if i may say so yeah absolutely and it was so cool to see people embrace kind of like the spectacle of it all because a lot of mm-hmm. people don't even know what they're missing so it's yes super fun um 
But I would love to talk about Jingle Ball, which looked really fun. You were the first Korean soloist to perform mm-hmm. at Jingle Ball. Um, I saw there were a lot of other really fun folks there. Um, mm-hmm. Time Rush, you hung out with them for BTR. a second. Yes. Did you watch that show at all? Like when it was on? So, so that's the thing. I, growing up, eh, Big Time Rush, you never heard this. I was more of a Jonas Brother girly. I was, um, I was the first concert. Really? Yeah. I never Same. saw them in concert. I was, yeah, it but, was um, formative. It was really, really important. <laughs> I mean, I, I was more of a, a J-Bro uh, kind of fan. But when Big Time Rush was a thing, you know, I did tune into the show every now and then. But... I'm not gonna lie. I mean, yes, I am a fan, but I don't feel like I was like a like a diehard fan. Yeah, you weren't a day one. But I also like to attribute my knowledge of Big Time Rush to the, of course, famous Vine that I had them recreate. Yes. So <laughs> I was I'm so surprised they were down to do that. I was like, oh, you don't hate this idea? I love that. No, I I talked <laughs> to them last year. We did like a TikTok live, and they are just so down for like all the nostalgia bait. Like they they're just, down to clown. Yeah, yeah, I love it. But um, yeah, talk to me more broadly about Jingle Ball and how that's yeah. for you and what that whole experience was like. It was so fun because oh, man, I don't remember the seating capacity of the arena in Dallas, but I remember it was a pretty yeah. big capacity, at least more than five people. Um, yeah, <laughs> not to <laughs> more than five people saw me, <laughs> but um, it was a pretty big venue. I think it was the biggest venue I had performed in since my debut as an artist. Because I remember, like, I think back in 2019, I performed in a venue in Singapore to like maybe 10,000 people. But I think the Dallas and, of course, the Miami Arena as well. You know, they I think the capacity was a couple thousand more than that. So it was. It was surprising and it was shocking because, again, Jingle Ball, it's not a K-pop concert. You know, it's the general audience who happen to have K-pop fans as well because I was the opening act for Dallas. I started the Jingle Ball tour and I ended it, you know, at Dallas and Miami. But as the first person to go out and perform, it's a little nerve-wracking because I I didn't know if the audience was going to be receptive to me because it's like, I know we're all here to see Nicki Minaj. I yeah. sadly am not Nicki Minaj. Like, <laughs> But... um. Man, immediately when I walked out, it was loud cheers, lots of screaming and support. So I was, I was a wee bit shookest, but I was very happy the whole time I was performing because nothing makes me happier than looking down and someone, seeing someone smiling, looking back at me, you know, because every so often artists will perform and there's somebody who's just standing there on their phone or they're just right. kind of deadpan watching. But if I see someone smiling at me, that'll make my day. That'll make my day. That's great. Yeah. And, and speaking of performance, you have a tour coming up. Um, a stateside tour. You're going to be hitting yes. your your home state of Oklahoma. Um, but what can people expect from from these mm-hmm. shows? What can you tease a little? Well, let's see. The last tour I went on was uh, oh two years ago. Well, American tour. Last American tour I went on was two years ago because I went on one to New Zealand and Australia last year around April ish. <clears throat> but um. You know, I would say expect some of your favorite songs to be there, obviously. Obviously, I've got some new songs under the belt. Um, I would like this concert to be more interactive than the last one I had because, I mean, it's like, yeah, I'm standing on stage for a couple of hours. You know, I get to talk to the fans here and there, but I would like to have more time to really interact and not just be like, hi, I'm on stage and you're watching me. Like, totally. I don't know. I, 
this is just me. I mean, yeah, I have backup dancers, but since I'm a solo act, I like to be as personable as possible because it's like, I know what it's like to be standing in a crowd, like right front of center and the artist is just being an artist. They're not really like acknowledging that you're there. You know, I know what that's like. So I like to try to flip the switch and try to give a more organic experience. Yeah, absolutely. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I live in Nashville. I was bummed to see. I know not everyone comes to Nashville, but I hope you do someday. I would obviously see the show. This is a part one tour. Right, yeah. So we learn enough for a part two. Fingers crossed. Love it. Nashville. Um, But yeah, what are you what are you kind of most excited about? Is there anything beyond kind of like the crowd participation experience? Like, do you have any specific goals kind of as an artist around Mm -hmm. this next tour or anything you're really excited to try that's different for you? I don't know. I mean, it's it's been a while since I've been on tour. But if I'm being completely honest, I mean, yeah, of course, I'm stoked for every single stop because I love seeing my fans wherever they are. But we're going to my hometown this time. And I'm oh, so excited because last time, mm-hmm, yeah, because last time we were in Oklahoma two years ago, we went to Oklahoma City, which is fantastic. No Tino Shade. It's a great place. Obviously, it's Oklahoma, but my hometown is Tulsa. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I know for a fact that Tulsa peeps would rally more if we were in Tulsa. So yeah. by some fortuitous note, we actually wound up at Tulsa, specifically Kane's Ballroom, which is this iconic venue that I went to a handful of times when I lived there. I saw a lot of my favorite bands there. I watched my friends play in like a battle of the bands event there. Like I have a I've actually, really good this is going to be so random. I've actually heard of it. We had a campaign last year called hometowns of consequence where mm-hmm. each region nominated a venue. And that was one of our finalists. Cause it's like, it's really old, right? It's been around. It really is. Yeah. 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 I remember. It's iconic. Cause I took like the Midwest, South, whatever, whatever region. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, the whatever um, region. Yeah. That is so cool. I love that. So full circle for me with that. So I'm really excited to go to Kane's. Cool. I'm I'm excited for you. Um, and I would love to talk a little bit more about your music because uh, I know that you you write as well. And mm-hmm. so when it comes to putting together new music, whether it's hearing a track from from some an initial songwriter or working on one yourself. What does your process look like? Do you are you someone who like no clap or are you someone who's struck by inspiration? Are you someone who goes into the session and just kind of sees what happens that day, or is it mm-hmm. a combination? Um, I mean, in regards to I guess the upcoming music I have, <laughs> goodness gracious, the upcoming songs I have like sick, which is coming out, and then hopefully the month after I'm okay. We'll see the two songs that are the jingle ball. Um, in regards to those, it's like you know with sick. We were pitched a handful of songs from my American Sun label, and they were all good. But, you know, some of them were like a wee bit lackluster in comparison to six. We decided to go with that one because it has, in my opinion, it's a very easy listening song. That's the thing. And when it comes to American radio, I feel like people don't tend to listen to the lyrics all the time. Like, if it's just something you can, like, calmly drive to and just easily listen to, it's not distracting, people will listen to it. 
Um, so, I mean, Cynic has a very smooth kind of listening aspect to it. Um, the lyrics, once again, like we touched on them earlier, I feel like it's very universal concept that has been felt on either side of the spectrum. Um, but then when it comes to, you know, other songs that I'm planning to release for this upcoming album, <laughs> such as I'm Okay, um, you know, I'll be in the studio with whoever I'm working with that day. It'll show me a handful of tracks or we'll go in with an idea in mind, like, hey, let's make a track inspired by this artist or let's make a track with this kind of sound or concept. Um, so we can sit there for hours, you know, just shooting the shit, you know, just going through different sounds, seeing what sounds right or just going through different tracks and seeing what speaks to us. But once we find the one, oh, we are on a roll for hours with like lyrics, harmonies, yeah. like, you know, like it's, I love, I love being in the studio with creative people. You know, it's just making art with fellow artists. It's just a very fun process. Are you living in Seoul? Yeah, I have been living in Korea for the past six years. Yeah. Okay. That's a really long time. Mm -hmm. And so you came yeah. back for a while for American Song Contest. Mm -hmm. And what are some of those? Is there anything you really miss about being in America? I got to go to Seoul. Oh, my God. Like, what was it? 2021? Okay. Um, loved it so much. I was there for a few weeks. Dying to go back. But spent a lot of time in both places. What are some? Is there anything you miss about America or any cultural differences that you really love about? Like for me, when I was in Seoul, I was like accessible, clean, safe public transportation. The craziest thing I've ever experienced. <laughs> like <laughs> I went right outside New York City, and right. I was oh. by every like city planner here mm -hmm. and just have them live for a week and see how good things could be. It's. Mm -hmm. Incredible. And but, into that yeah, Take it away. Um, man, I mean, uh, culturally, I mean, <laughs> you know, when you speak English, obviously, there's not, we don't really have like a, a hierarchy system when we speak English. There's no like formal speech versus informal. It's just all about intonation and nuance. So, you know, being able to just speak straight English for a while without having to be like, oh, I'm going to speak to you this way because you are a higher up. Like, you know, without yeah. having to keep that kind of thing in mind because Korean speech it's very different um it was nice to just speak in my mother tongue for like a whole month <laughs> yeah um that was nice and then uh oh oh I will say I I really missed this one uh food brand canes uh raisin canes yes <laughs> oh my god when I was in New York I was staying like close to Times Square so I was like right around the corner of canes like I think three mornings out of like the nine mornings i was there i got up and ran my ass to canes every morning i was like i'm gonna get some chicken with some toe like absolutely you can take the girl out of the oklahoma but you know can't take the oklahoma out of the girl like so true um so one of my favorite questions i love knowing um people in creative spaces i love knowing what has been inspiring you lately like if there's a film you saw a book you read TV show experience you had that was just kind of like that creative lightning bolt where you were like, I could go into the mm -hmm. studio right now and dance for hours or like, I want to work on a song. I mean, and not gonna lie, uh, life as a K-pop artist, you're very, very busy. So sometimes you don't get to experience uh, life the way that regular people experience life. So you kind of miss out on certain experiences. But, you know, just recalling memories from, I guess, really... Uh, pivotal moments in my life like things that happened to me in high school things that happened to me in college um things that happened to me I guess you know when I first came to this country you know recalling on those memories and those 
like evoking those strong emotions that I had during those times, it provides for really good creative insight when I want to write a new song or if I think of just lyrics. And I can't think of a top line, but I need to just write my thoughts out. I'll put it, you know, poetically into lyrics or, um, for example, depending on if I have different fitness goals for a month, you know, I will learn a super hard hitting choreography or, you know, I'll just learn one that's more relaxed and more fun just so I can share it on like TikTok or like my, you know, social media app for my fans. It really just depends on what the overall mood is for the month. Totally. Do you have any um, like manifestations for the new year or any goals like that we're focusing on or resolutions is the word I'm looking for? Mm-hmm. I mean, hey, manifestation, you know, we are in the era of delusional girl. I said it's manifest. I'm here to manifest with the safe space. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, with the cliches, of course, I want to be healthy this year. I want to, you know, take care of myself, my mind, my body, my soul, my spirit. You know, that's that's my number one concern this year. But, you know, career wise, that's hopefully to be released many of them is my priority. Um, I would also like to, you know, finally start promoting in Korea again. It's been like a year since I've promoted in Korea. So I would like to do something back on the TV shows here, mm-hmm. manifesting, praying to Jesus. Yes. Um, and then I think, honestly, just be able to release more of the songs that I have either co-written or just written myself. You know, I want to put more of my own artistry out in the world rather than things that are kind of, you know, handed down to me. Mm-hmm. Love yeah. it. Cool. I believe in you. I love that. Thank you. Um, Great. Well, this has been so lovely. Is there anything we haven't touched on that you think is really important to share about this release or anything coming up that you'd really want to share with people? So, I mean, I've released English songs in the past, uh, but Sick itself is the first song of hopefully many for this, like, it's officially like an American, like, EP release. It's not like English K-pop song. It's like my first American targeted English only album that we're working on. So that's kind of the direction we're heading in. Uh, genre wise, I'd like to say we're going to try to stick within the realm of like soft punk rock or like pop punk or just like soft pop rock in general. Um, I don't know. I would like to think that this upcoming album will probably rally the former Tumblr girls of the early 2010s. Yeah. So, say less. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> I can't wait to hear it. Um, oh, my last question. This is literally just oh. for um, one of what? my favorite things to happen last year. Or was it? I don't even remember. See, time isn't real. When Top Gun had their soul premiere. Yeah. All those men were on the carpet <laughs> with their hand <laughs> first. And your heart. I'm crying. And someone who's like written about K-pop for a while, I was like, this is my huh? thing that's ever happened. What was it like meeting Tom Cruise? Like, I just. Oh, my God. There were so oh. things I was dying. No, because that shit was so funny because I remember, because, you know, I, I didn't exactly get to witness the red carpet because I was backstage prepping for the performance. But, um, you know, I got on Twitter later and I saw pictures of Tom Cruise going like, I was like, middle-aged white man, what are you doing? But okay. (laughs) Korea loves you, Tom Cruise. Korea loves you. But um, it's so funny. Anytime Western celebrities come to Korea, like they learn all these like, you know, the heart poses, all the angio and everything. It's just, it's so funny to me. But um, meeting Tom Cruise, it was really surreal because I finished my stage on backstage, getting changed, getting ready to leave. 
And then here comes Mr. Tom Cruise with like 20,000 bodyguards. And like, I wasn't going to approach him because I'm not, I'm not that bitch. Because like, if I see a celebrity working, I'm not going to be like, stop being me. I'm not that kind of person. But he came over to me and was like, oh, you're the girl that just performed. And I was like, oh yeah, sweet Mr. Cruise. It's like, I really love your voice. Like he would just, laying on the compliments and i was like mr cruz thank you Incredible. and he was like hey do you, do you want to take a picture i was like okay anything you say Tom Cruise, like, you really want one obviously he was so kind like i mean granted i mean there are some celebrities that are like you know kind on the service but could be bad people but from what i've heard from a lot of people in the hollywood circuit that have met tom he's so nice so i'm like all right work he's a movie star mm-hmm. like he's just mm-hmm. he's, he's it so I love he that. is. He is Tom freaking Cruise. <laughs> oh, incredible. Well, it was super nice to meet you and I hope that you feel better. Well, but you. congrats on the song. Thank you. I'm super excited to write about our chat. Thank you so much. And hopefully if we do happen to have part two of the tour in Nashville, we will contact you. Come along. Don't pay for a ticket. We got you. So ah, yes, I would love to love to chat in person next time. Of course. We'll make it happen. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.